Good morning. It's 10.07. What does criminal defense attorney Jennifer Bukowski think about DNA to solve cold case crimes like the one here in Columbia that was decades old? We were going to find out at 10.35. In the meantime, uh, apparently the government is still trying to monitor what gets out on social websites. Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms... The U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. This uh, information comes to us uh, because of our own uh, state attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who is, uh, by the way, running for Senate. Discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for what they what they decide is false or intentionally misleading information. The question here is, does the government have a role, a legitimate role, in trying to stop um, misleading information, false or misleading information? For instance, suppose uh, some radical Islamist is trying to gather a crowd uh, to go shoot up a synagogue. I'm just using this as an example. And they post this request on Twitter or Facebook. Does the government have a role in asking Twitter or Facebook to pull that down? Does the government have the right to ask Twitter or Facebook to pull that down? If, if this guy is successful, he gets a crowd of radical Islamists. And, and, and I'm just using this as an example. I, I'm not saying that's happened or going to happen. Uh, who who want to uh, grab guns and, and go shoot up a Catholic church or a Jewish synagogue or whatever their enemy du jour is. Shouldn't the government try to stop that from happening? Shouldn't they try to control that conversation? 874-9390. 800-529-5572. Uh, Microsoft executive uh, Matt Masterson, who, by the way, is a former uh, DHS official, uh, said platforms have got to get comfortable with government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. In a March meeting, Laura uh, Demolo, an FBI official, warned that the threat of subversive information on social media could undermine support for the U.S. government. Uh, Demlo, uh, according to notes of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, stressed that we need a media infrastructure that's held accountable. We do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions, and we independently evaluate content online with the Twitter rules. Uh, a spokesperson for uh, Twitter uh, wrote in a statement to The Intercept, there is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through special Facebook portal that requires the government or law enforcement uh, email to use at the time of the writing. Uh, does the government have a role in that? Does the government, does Homeland Security have a role in that? If they find out that somebody is posting 
on uh, one of the social uh, media, Twitter, Facebook, whomever, uh, something that uh, will cause death and destruction? Should the government have the authority to go in and, and tell these people, you got to take that down? Should there be a mechanism for that? Or should the government remain absolutely quiet? Should the government say absolutely nothing? Because after all, it would be the government trying to censor what you read. On the other hand, they might be trying to protect the republic. What, is the, what role does the government play? You can send me a message at GaryNolan.com or give me a call 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. You're thinking freedom of speech. I will tell you a story, a true story. Uh, a friend of mine had written several books about the income tax. His, uh, his name was Erwin Schiff. He passed away in prison. He hadn't paid income tax in decades. And he'd written several books about how not to pay and why you shouldn't have to pay. Um, and they were pretty convincing. I actually think he was right. But at the end of the day, the federal government did prosecute him. Uh, they told him what he could say for his own defense. Pretty much, it seems to me, like a railroading job. But what they did is they pulled his books. He couldn't sell them. Nobody could have his books. Because, the government argued, this would subvert uh, the country. This would be bad for the country if people bought those books and believed what he was saying. So the government does censor. They got away with that. Well, what about in this case? where somebody might be posting on Twitter or Facebook something that, well, might result, if left untouched, in mayhem of some kind. Does the government have a role in that? 874-9390-800-529-5572, or you go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and it will, uh, it'll pop up right here in studio. Let me kick this off with John. John, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Does the government play a role in that? No, they don't. Uh, the, your uh, uh, earlier example is an interesting point of view is that there again, they don't like what's being said, and so they want to take that away. Well, the First Amendment says no, they don't have that role. Um, in the case of the um, terrorists saying let's recruit somebody jump out there and start talking about it um they can go out there and talk if they want until they take the action uh, the government um the local or sheriff's department or things like that can easily be watching that um and when there's an action taken then jump against it they're not like the the uh a uh, movie that uh, said, gee whiz, we're thinking about something, and so we're going to stop you from well, it. What if they, what if they foment that? an insurrection, uh, and they manage to reach uh, five, six, seven thousand people to converge on, uh, what city do you live in? Uh, Spr well, in Springfield. All right, so they, yeah. they converge on Springfield uh, to overrun the city. Shouldn't somebody put a halt to that? Well, the 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 uh, police force of that area, yeah, eh, they wouldn't when have that, enough manpower. When that happens, if <laughs> well, that uh, 
it still comes down to we have the right to be able to talk about anything you want. You can sit and talk and in uh, at your kitchen table about robbing a bank but it's not a crime until you take the actual action conspiracy is not uh, ever considered a crime that in itself no okay john thank you for the call glad to have you on the gary nolan show uh what about erwin schiff's books uh preventing them from being sold isn't that curtailing freedom of speech the government seems to have that ability. Uh, what about if they want to stop a group of people uh, from, uh, you know, rioting by taking down their post? You know, you see these kids swarm uh, a shopping mall and run in and, and just tear a store apart. That's usually done on social media. What if, what if the government could step in and say, we're going to stop that? We're not going to let the word get out. Wouldn't that save us a lot of time and money and aggravation and and harm, both physical and, uh, and mental? I, I don't know. What do you think? Brian, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, absolutely not. They need to stay out of it. Um, I can't believe you believe what you're, the questions that you're posing there. I think you're just <laughs> doing that to, to get an argument, but... Uh, no, they, they can't prevent anything. We already know the government is inept, and the only thing they can do is spend money they don't have. So that's the only thing they do well. So Can they, can they at least call up uh, the folks over at Twitter and say, hey, listen, uh, we think this is going to be a bad idea. Can you pull that down? Can they do that? No, I, think, I think they ought to work through legal channels and say, hey, we need to get a warrant. We're going to contact Twitter. We're going to find out the IP address of these people and what their location is, and then we're going to try to stop it instead of just trying to... Uh, have the government censor go in there because who gets to define what's radical? Oh, the government. <laughs> you know, what's, what's wrong with that? Well, can't they just at least ask them? Um, I don't know. Maybe they should. I, no, I think they need a warrant. I mean, hey, Brian, like, you, got this, you got this massive social platform. It's a great uh, way to influence people. And somebody yeah. has posted uh, this, uh, this post that could cause a riot. Uh, and I'm the government, and I call you up, and I say, hey, Brian... This is what's going on. This this post could cause a lot of trouble. Uh, could you or would you take that down? I'm asking you. I'm not demanding. I'm asking you. Uh, could no, you? I, I, no, I think it's the same as when the government goes after newspapers and says, please don't print this article. It could damage the national interest or national security. And they always print it anyway. Um, but no, I don't think it's the government's place to do that. They don't always print it right away. They sometimes will hold back. Sometimes they shit. Sometimes, unless it's the New York Times, they'll print it, you know, as fast as they can. But uh, <laughs> well, if yeah. it's an anti-Republican or anti-conservative, sure. yeah, they... I mean, the only thing that's going to cause a riot is if Biden wins another election. So I, mean, I think we're in pretty good shape. All right, Brian, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You mean they can't even ask? Really, they can't even ask? Can't pick up the phone and say, uh, "Hey, Elon, uh, this uh, post on Twitter uh, is liable to cause uh, people to die." Would you mind taking that down? They can't ask? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Jennifer Bukowski in about 15 minutes. Talk about a cold case here in uh, Columbia that's been solved decades, decades after it happened using DNA. We'll also talk about the Pelosi attack in San Francisco. That's just the tip of the iceberg on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Curious twist that the conversation goes to Irwin. 
Uh, Erwin Schiff, if you just turned the radio on, I was talking about uh, whether or not the government has the right to uh, to try to influence uh, websites and, and platforms uh, to prevent violence and and uh, interesting response from uh, from listeners. No, they don't. Uh, some listeners don't even think you should be able to pick up the phone, or the government shouldn't be able to pick up the phone. And, uh, and tell a website, uh, please uh, monitor that. Take that down. Uh, it's going to cause a problem. And I used as another example that they do do this, even with books, was uh, the late Irwin Schiff. Uh, I'd known Irwin for probably eight or nine years when he, uh, and maybe longer, when he was arrested. Erwin uh, Schiff wrote a book called You Don't Have to Pay Income Taxes. I've interviewed him. I was out at his office. Um... Uh, and he was, he just, he had nailed everything down. It was absolutely plausible. And they kept going, to, they tried to audit Erwin Schiff. This is a true story, and he recorded it, and, and I've got the recording. They tried to audit him. Uh, they said, uh, you, know, it, you know, we asked you to bring your tax papers and blah, blah, blah. And he did you bring them? And he said, yes, uh, because they have the power to ask that, uh, to demand that. And they said, uh, can we see them now? And he said, will you use those papers to prosecute me? And the IRS said, no. And he said, well, will you share them with a a branch of the IRS uh, or the federal government that will prosecute me? And they said, yes. And he said, well, I can't be compelled to incriminate myself. So you can't see them. They're here. They're in my, you know, in my uh, satchel. Uh, but you can't compel me to see the, to to show them to you. He not only didn't show them, but he said, "Where do I get reimbursed for parking and driving time?" Apparently, he got money from the government uh, when they brought him down to the IRS office to audit him. So he'd written uh, a couple of books about uh, taxes, made a pretty compelling case. And they came in and they arrested him and they told him, you cannot use whatever it is you want to use for your defense. You can't ask these questions. You, you, they literally guided his defense, found him guilty, and then they seized all of his books um, and, and said, we don't want these books circulating. The government did. And I was stunned. I thought, well, the, what, what about freedom of the press? You could write whatever you want. And their argument apparently was, you know, if enough people see this and they believe it, it'll cripple the country. So we have to stop this. And they pulled all of his books. And I've still got some of his books. Uh, I don't know if his web page is still up there or if you can find it. But it was the government saying, freedom of the press, yeah, but no, you can't print this. This would be detrimental to the country. You'd, you'd look him up, Erwin Schiff. In fact, his son has been on the program. We had him on here years ago. Uh, he uh, hosted a program at Radio America, and he, uh, he, he believes in investing overseas. And I can't think of his son's name, but uh, we had him on. He ended up uh, in prison, and he died in prison. I think he had cancer, uh, and he ended up dying in prison. They, they wouldn't even let him out uh, while he was dying. They, they just kept him there until he did. Freedom of the press? Nah, I think there are exceptions, apparently. 
Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm rather uh, surprised by all of that. Uh, let's see. Government doesn't have rights. Start over, says Roy. That's... Is that true? The government doesn't have rights. Well, they do have some rights, I would argue. And they're limited. Uh, that's what the doctrine of enumerated powers was all about. Uh, so I don't know if I would uh, agree with that or not. To give that more careful consideration. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us in about five minutes. DNA breakthrough, she writes, Columbia cold case solved. Cops say through DNA and investigative genealogy. But all kinds of cases like that one are popping up. And I believe it's due to a new technology. She has a list of, uh, of cases where this, uh, this is being used. Accident or PR stunt uh, with Kim Kardashian? We'll find out about that. Elon Musk, uh, who uh, runs four other companies, now the Twitter CEO. Is he stretched too thin? Reuters says he'll now be managing 7,500 more employees for a total of 130,000 between five companies. In the meantime, Joe Biden is managing 8.7 million Federal employees, combined federal civil uh, contact, uh, grant, and active uh, duty military. Seventy times as many as Elon, but they're worried that he can't handle this? Well, I don't know. Uh, Paul Pelosi, she wants to talk about uh, the husband of uh, Nancy Pelosi and the attacker in San Francisco. Uh, and then she has some uh, recommendations on the coming election, which is just a week away. Just a week away. I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of excited about this. By the way, uh, the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Roberts, has put a hold on uh, the request by Congress to see Donald Trump's taxes. God, they are salivating over this. They, you know what this is? This is a desperate Democrat party looking for anything they can hang their hat on. And if they can get a look at his papers, because they insisted they wanted his taxes while he was running and he wouldn't give them and he, they want them they want to force that uh here's the here's the thing if the supreme court takes too long to decide whether or not congress can see donald trump's taxes the democrats may end up out of power before they make that decision and if that's the case you can bet the republicans are going to drop it and the Democrats will never get to see Donald Trump's taxes. Which, by the way, I don't think they should. I argued back then, and I'll argue today, right now, that running for president doesn't mean you have to show the government or the rest of the world how you earn your money. Or what you pay in taxes. It's nobody's business but your own. And you shouldn't be compelled to share that information. Democrats seem to think that's so important. I don't think so. That's your income. You earned it. We go to great lengths not to talk about how much we earn. Uh, it's a federal crime to divulge that if the IRS uh, divulged that information. This is just nobody's business. If he's, if he's not paying his taxes, the IRS will go after him. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. By the way, uh, Irwin Schiff's webpage, paynoincometax.com, still stands. Um, they say that uh, his uh, materials are still available. You can uh, download The Federal Mafia, one of only two books ever banned by the federal government from his website. Um, the other banned book, uh, by the way, according to Irwin's son, Peter Schiff, was uh, Fanny Hill, Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure. Banned for obscenity in 1821 and <laughs> 1963. Um, all right, let me uh, let me go on here because uh, we got Jennifer Bukowski with us. But if you're interested in Erwin uh, 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 Schiff, go to uh, paynoincometax.com. Uh, that'll give you some information about him. Uh, in the meantime, Jennifer is with us. Jennifer Bukowski, a defense attorney and a brilliant one at that. Welcome. How are you? Excellent. Gary, good morning to you. Good morning. You you must have like a stopwatch, uh, and and at exactly the right moment you call. You know me. I like to be right right on time. No, no, no. I don't know you to do that. <laughs> but but anyway, you are with us. Uh, I got. I'm going to throw a, a question out at you. That's that's uh, kind of out of left field. And I was actually thinking of getting together uh, a, a, a program, maybe a half an hour, 40 minutes, with uh, Dale Roberts, you, and um, Dave Rowland to talk about jurors and jury selection. Uh, because I wonder if we're, if we're perhaps, if, if there isn't a better way to select a jury than driver's licenses and uh, voter registration cards. Would you be and interested? Property, property, huh? uh, property tax payments too. Yeah. Would you be interested? Because sure. you know, it seems to me that in some cases, uh, some of the information that uh, witnesses give is really intricate, and maybe the the average person doesn't really quite understand it. Maybe we should be looking for experts. I don't know. Uh, I, just curious. Uh, so I'll run. I'll float that past the other two attorneys. Uh, and then we'll get into that and, and uh, maybe do a half-hour, 40-minute show on it. Uh, DNA breakthrough. Columbia cold case solved, cops say, through DNA and investigative genealogy. I've seen how they do this on TV, and it's really amazing. Uh, they get a piece of DNA, and then they go to the uh, websites that share it, and then they start putting together a family tree, and they kind of go backwards until they narrow it right. down uh, it right. is all of a sudden i've been noticing just case after case hitting the headlines of 30 40 year old cases being solved 20 year old cases being solved either the body being identified or a perpetrator of an old crime being identified and i'm like what is happening here and sure enough there's this new technology by this uh pair parabon nano labs they've had a breakthrough where they can take just a, a teeny tiny amount of DNA and build a whole like family tree from it. It's uh, amazing. And it's like it's less than they've ever been able to use before. And in in situations where there might be like a mixture of samples that they weren't able to separate out the two, like the victim and the uh, perpetrator, they're going to be able to they're able to separate them out now as well to develop that profile and eliminate like the victim's family tree that way and so it's it's quite remarkable but 
you know, we had that case where it was 38 years ago, a rape. And then there's cases involving, um, like, Lady of the Dunes identified nearly 50 years after Massachusetts killing. And all because of this technology. Jane Doe, this is just yesterday. Jane Doe from 1988 Colorado, Colorado homicide case has been identified. Those two stories were both in the news yesterday, which made me start looking into why are there so many of these cases popping up because I found like uh, a dozen that have been in the last month or two. And so it's this brand new technology. And uh, do you trust it? <laughs> I mean, not yet. I want to I want to be able to see it because I would have to like depose the experts and understand the science more thoroughly because it's just such a tiny, tiny amount of DNA that they're using here. And I don't know if it rises to the threshold that we're used to, where it's basically one in so many trillions of people that it couldn't be anyone else on the planet. Because there, ha- I have seen a little bit of gamesmanship going on with, well, you know, it's, um, you know, what? like I had a case where it was basically one in eight black men would fit this partial profile that they developed. And I got that excluded because I'm like, that's just too prejudicial for a juror, which is funny that you brought this jury thing up for the jury to hear there's a so-called DNA match when really it's just like kind of a, a something that one out of every eight black men would match to. You know, it's a very, very partial DNA. But I don't know that that's the case there here because in this situation it looks like they're able to like identify bodies that did in fact go missing (laughs) and so on and so forth so yeah but yeah they use that and then they connect apparently 23andMe is not using allowing their database to be used but family DNA and another one are and it's people that don't read the fine print or don't care about the fine print that say that the DNA database they're going to cooperate with law enforcement and then they're able to use that to do the genealogy part of it. So it's like a twofer. There's like a computer algorithm that this computer brilliant guy developed, and then they're able to use a smaller amount of DNA to develop these family trees. So it's kind of cool. I mean, if you start looking for this, it's like every day they have another super cold case if they're identifying the body or identifying a perpetrator on Imagine if you'd committed a crime 25, 30 years ago and thought you got away with it and see this coming down the pike. Man. In the meantime, the victim's family has been, you know, gone without justice. And you've done something to that whole person's family or if the victim's still alive to them as well. And or with closure, it brings closure to these families that have a missing person. Like one case, it was a mom was missing for years and years and this was able to track down her remains to Colorado and there are places one of the articles referenced like people who do have a missing family member can like actively submit to one of these databases to uh, request that they help with this technology would you do that would you allow your DNA to be uh, accessed uh, in the event law enforcement is looking for some past criminal offense uh, that might end up uh, incriminating a family member? You know, I've thought about this because my I did submit mine to 23andMe and for some reason I thought that maybe that was being used <laughs> but it 
one of these articles claims 23andMe is not being used, but it really doesn't bother me if someone is the fourth cousin or something like that did something so heinous that they're still looking for him decades later. I am not going to be bothered by them using my DNA to help figure out who that person is. I certainly haven't done anything like that. As long as it's accurate science and I'm not going to be accused of doing something I didn't do, it's fine by me. Well, let's ask listeners. Would you, uh, you submit your DNA, you find out about your lineage, if not some uh, medical uh, background, but you know that this information might be shared with law enforcement uh, while they're trying to trace down a bad guy, would you share that DNA? Would you be willing to have that DNA uh, available to the government to help solve crimes? 874-9390-800-529-5572. They, they'll take a, a DNA sample uh, that they find on a victim and they'll compare it to other DNA samples that are available through these other websites and it might be your DNA and it, it you know and they'll start tracing it back to you and then they'll trace your family tree and they'll come up with maybe your cousin committed a crime or do you think if the government has access to your DNA for any reason at all it's dangerous and a bad idea and you won't do it 874-9390-800-529-5572. Lots more with Jennifer Bukowski and your calls on The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. All right, Jennifer Bukowski is with us. She is a, a criminal def uh, defense attorney and a brilliant defense attorney at that. We're talking about sharing DNA. If you go to some of these websites to uh, get your uh, DNA uh, looked at and find out what your heritage is or medical uh, possibilities, uh, they may share that with uh, the government, with law enforcement, and solve crimes. Would you be willing to share your DNA on a website that does that? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Uh, Roy questioned whether governments have any rights, uh, and then uh, all kinds of people have climbed on board. Uh, Terry said, only people have rights, governments have powers, uh, rights are granted by God. Uh, I, I think that's almost, um, you know, you know, I mean, they have the power to uh, lay and collect taxes. Is that not the right of the government to do that? I don't know. Maybe it's just semantics. Uh, but anyway, Jennifer, welcome back. Uh, let me get uh, Sharon on in Springfield on uh, DNA. Would you share your website on a or your DNA on a website that might share that information with the government? Um, if they were scanning for, uh, you know, a criminal uh, and using that DNA, would you do that? Yes. You would. You're not. You're yes, not at all concerned that the government would have access to your DNA. Uh, the government. <laughs> the government's probably got access to my DNA already, uh, with my medical records. So. Um, yes, I would, because I can't think of anything in this world that would be worse than wondering what happened to a... Oops. There we go. Uh, you're not worried that they would take that DNA and then plant it somewhere and then accuse you of a crime? You know what? 
no, I, I, I'm not going to worry about that because if the government, <laughs> if the government wants to do that, the government can do it, whether right. I voluntarily give my DNA or not. All right, Sharon, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's get John on board next. John, what do you think? Would you share it? Absolutely not. Uh, these companies are giving the information to law enforcement without even a, uh, a subpoena, just voluntarily uh, sharing that. Yeah, but uh, you're voluntarily they, sharing it and saying it's okay for them to do that. Right. That's why I'm not voluntarily sharing it. <laughs> okay. So you won't share it on a website that does share. No. I mean, it's uh, if, 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 if there's compelling evidence, then law enforcement should get a subpoena like they have to for everything else. All right. John, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, well, Jennifer, what do you think? I think that, you know, this is going to come up more and more because just on this Paragon website, there's another Missouri case I hadn't even seen in the last two weeks where a man's been charged 30 years after assaulting women vacationing in the Ozarks. These cases are popping up everywhere. I I think it's going to happen. And you know what? Like, let's just stop the cops from, like, putting in a saliva sample if they have it and sending that into 23andMe and seeing if any relatives fit. Because I've sent mine in, and it has identified third cousins, fourth cousins, second cousins, aunts, uncles that are related to me that have I, also submitted the DNA. Does, I mean, does I already 20, knew my aunts and uncles, obviously. But. Does 23andMe actually give you a name of a, a person? If they share it, or they just say how much of a relative they are. But, yeah. It's, Interesting. I, I hadn't thought I about that. I can log in and see that. Oh, so the police can get their own DNA test and send it in based on a sample it's they the got. right kind, because you have to, like, swab your mouth at 23andMe, so I'm not sure if they could fake that or whatever, and submit that and see if anything pops up. It's also interesting with adoption cases and things like that. I have a friend where, you know, she doesn't want to know, but other siblings have, like, found her and then want to, you know, tell other people about the situation, and it's created, like, ruffled some feathers with some families where they're uh, apparently, you know, they thought someone was their dad. It turns out that wasn't the case. Uh, and I don't know if that was a surprise to the dad as well, but uh, people are finding out about long ago affairs that they weren't related, that they weren't related to people that they thought they were. Oops. Uh, John says, uh, Gary, quite frankly, I don't think anybody should be giving out their DNA knowing that the government would have access to it. It may sound conspiracy theory type, but then having access to something that is highly identifiable to an individual allows them to place that DNA anywhere for any crime for any person. Let's take one more call, and we got to get, uh, we gotta get on to some of the other uh, stuff that you brought on board. Sally, Welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Would you share your DNA uh, with a website that, uh, or give your DNA to a website that shares it? I sure would. And I believe DNA should be taken at birth, too, and that would save a lot of children from being stolen. Okay. DNA is a miracle. You and if somebody does the crime, then they should do the time. You're not worried that somebody uh, might take that DNA and plant it somewhere? No. I don't think so. You don't think anybody would do that? 
No. All right. Interesting. Sally, thank you. I'm glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Well, there you go. Uh, some people yes, some people no, but, uh, you know, the you pointing out that the police could, you know, submit a, a sample perhaps uh, from a crime scene and uh, even go to 23andMe where they don't share it and, you know. Find relatives and use that to trace. Okay, so this person is second cousin he over on this side of the family and, you know, so this much related on another, it's got to be these people if you like whittle down the ages and so forth yeah they could do it yeah they could potentially do that interesting the thing is we might never know because then they could just be like oh well a tip led us to like go follow this person around and pick up the cup that they just drank out of and it was a match (laughs) so but i will say that the this fact that just such a tiny amount of dna can be used to um create a so-called match to people is making it a little less meaningful in that with touch DNA, I mean, people are touching places that might be crime scenes all the time. So context is king. Context is everything. Just because there's a DNA match doesn't mean that someone has actually committed an offense because their DNA just could be in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Yeah, you'd have to be in a, in a, uh, a scuba suit in order to go anywhere without leaving some Right. <clears throat> Some DNA. It's Let's not go like on. it used to be. But huh? Moving along. we got to move along. Yeah, said. well, I'm not even sure we're going to have enough time, but we'll just uh, kind of kick the door open a little bit on the Pelosi uh, attack. Um, <laughs> I'll kick the door open, okay. Yeah, you, cl- you got that. That was pretty clever, <laughs> yeah, I thought. Uh, so uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband was allegedly home asleep. Uh, when this guy uh, used a hammer, broke a window, uh, came in through a, a a patio door or something, uh, and uh, went upstairs and attacked him and allegedly was waiting for the speaker to show up. Well, break her kneecap sounds a little mafiaistic, uh, mafiaistic to me. Uh, anyway, then there were some... Did you see some of the conspiracy theories on this? I did, and I was kind of surprised by that. And I guess it was unclear who opened the doors, so people were speculating that maybe these two individuals knew each other or that the younger one, the perpetrator was a prostitute or something, but it doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like this guy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He has been for a long time. His most recent strain of crazy involves this QAnon stuff, and he to go into this house and... uh, Break it! Break the door now! Break in! Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that he broke into the house. All right. Anyway, we got to hold up on this, and we'll continue it on the other side with Jennifer Bukowski and the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.